Welcome to the Wisdom Calls channel, helping you understand the Bible better so you can have a better relationship with God and what your pastor never told you.com, helping you navigate the end times so you can stand firm until the return of Christ. Get ready. This is not your average Bible study. This is not for the faint of heart. If it's controversial and in the Bible, we'll talk about it. We are unashamedly, unabashedly, and unpredictably bringing out the truth in God's Word. And now, introducing your dynamic hostess with the mostest. She's an international speaker, author, and self-admitted nerd for the Word, Dana Crosby. So what is the river of life in the new earth? We're going to find that out coming up next. Make sure to visit whatyourpastorneverToldYou.com. everyone, this is Dana with the Wisdom Calls channel and what your pastor never told you.com helping you to understand the Bible better so that you can have a better relationship with God. Welcome to Bible study today. If you're new here, consider subscribing down below and don't forget to smash the bell icon so that you'll receive updates each and every time we upload a new video. If you've missed any of our fascinating and controversial series on the book of Revelation, I encourage you to go ahead and click on the link I'll provide for you so that you can watch every single video in this series. The book of Revelation, as we learned in the beginning, is one of it is the only book in the Bible where you are promised a blessing just for reading it. So join us in receiving that blessing for reading the book of Revelation and it's going to help you better understand what's going to happen before and after the return of Christ. So today we are in our final chapter of the book of Revelation. But before we get started into that, I just want to say a special thank you to those of you guys who have been donating via my website, whatyourpastornevertoldyou.com. Thank you for your PayPal donations. Those have been coming in and that is helping us so much to defray the cost of this ministry. There are still way more costs than what we've had as far as donations. So please, if it's on your heart, go ahead and partner with us in this ministry. If you think it's important to equip the body of Christ with the word of God in the end days so that everyone can stand firm until the end, please um, partner with us by donating at whatyourpastornevertoldyou.com. Thank you so much to those of you guys that have been donating as well as to my repeat donors. Thank you very much. So with that being said, we're going to go ahead and jump right into our study of the last chapter of the book of Revelation. And I do want to let you know that we have a very exciting series coming up for you where we're going to explore the topic about the law of God. And are we as believers, New Testament believers, required to continue to follow the law, the Torah, the, the law from Moses? And we're going to talk about that. It's a controversial topic, and I'm sure to have some people that disagree, but we are going to dive into what the Bible actually has to say about that in our next video. So make sure that you smash that bell icon down below so that you will receive notifications when we upload those videos. So go ahead and turn in your Bibles with me to Revelation chapter 22. Then he showed me a river of the water of life. And the he here is an angel that is giving John a tour of the new heaven and the new earth. He showed me a river of the water of life, clear as crystal, coming from the throne of God and of the Lamb in the middle of its street. On either side of the river, there was the tree of life. Now, as we, re 
as we remember, when Adam and Eve were in the garden, they were able to partake of that tree of life so that they would not taste death. They could partake of that one. It was only the tree of the knowledge of good and evil that they were supposed to not eat from. But once they did consume from that tree, they were banished from the garden and they were no longer allowed to partake of the tree of life. And we see here that God is restoring all things. Only the Lord God can restore all things after evil has come in to the scene. Only he can do this restoration. It's a miracle that has to take place. And through Jesus, we have that restoration available to us. On either side of the river was the tree of life, bearing 12 kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. There will no longer be any curse. And the throne of God and the Lamb will be in it. And his bondservants will serve him. And they will see his face. I don't know about you, but that's going to be one of my favorite parts. I just want to see his face. If I can just stand and stare at his glory and be in his presence. I know you probably feel the same. That's going to be the most wonderful gift of all. And his name will be on their foreheads. So this is in contrast to the Antichrist who had put their mark on, on or put his mark on their foreheads. These are the people of Christ are going to have Christ's mark on their foreheads. And there will no longer be any night. They will have no need of the light of a lamp, nor the light of the sun, because the Lord God will illumine them, and they will reign forever and ever. And he said to me, these words are faithful and true. And those of you who know my kids know that we named our thirdborn son True because Jesus is faithful and true. And um, we just love that the Lord is faithful. So these words are faithful and true. And the Lord, the God of the spirits of the prophets, sent his angel or messenger to show his bondservants these things, which must soon take place. And behold, I am coming quickly. Blessed is he who heeds the words of this prophecy, of the prophecy of this book. I, John, am the one who heard and saw these things. And when I heard and saw, I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel who showed me these things. But he said to me, do not do that. I am a fellow servant of yours and of your brethren, the prophets, and of those who heed the words of this book worship God. And just as a little side note here, see this angel does not dare receive worship because that is due to God alone. And I've heard people recently say that Jesus did not claim to be God and he did claim to be God. And we can do that in a whole other series. It's a really important lesson for us to learn. But we, we saw that when Jesus revealed himself to Thomas, the one that we call Doubting Thomas, the one who said, I will not believe unless I see and I can touch the nail marks. Once he saw, he exclaimed to Jesus, my Lord and my God. Now, if Jesus was not Lord or was not God, but if he was, a true, if he was just a prophet of God, he should have told Thomas, don't worship me, worship God. But he received worship as God. And that's just one of the many proofs that Jesus did himself claimed to be God, and even his enemies, the Pharisees, said so, and that's why they wanted him killed. But that topic is for another day. Let's continue reading here. 
And he said to me, Do not seal up the words of the prophecy of this book, for the time is near. Okay, this is in contrast. This is in contrast to what we read in Daniel, or what we will read in Daniel. So if you go back and you study the final chapters of Daniel, he has some angelic visitations as well. But one of those, he is told to seal up the words of that because it concerns the time of the end. And, but yet when John gets this message, he is told not to seal up the words of the prophecy of this book because the time is near. And some people may say, well, why is the time near? It's been 2,000 years since this has happened, roughly 2,000 years since this has happened. How can it be quickly or how can it be near? But we also must remember that a day to the Lord is as a thousand years and a thousand years is as a day. And so to him, this time period is short. And he says in his word that he is long suffering and full of patience and he does not want for anyone to perish. And so he's giving humanity the utmost time possible to bring in the mass, the most amount, the greatest amount of harvest possible in the end times. And so the reason that he waits is because of long suffering and patience and a desire to bring souls into his kingdom. Verse 11, let the one who does wrong still do wrong and the one who is filthy still be filthy and let the one who is righteous still practice righteousness and the one who is holy still keep himself holy. And as John had seen in the prophecy of this book, that there would be many wicked who would continue in their wickedness, that they would not repent, even though God was made manifest to them through plagues, signs, and wonders, they still harden their hearts. And that just goes to show that for many people, it isn't about proving that God exists. Because if you really want to know with an open mind, if God exists, it's very apparent. You can study molecular biology, genetics, any of these topics, and it will be abundantly clear. But for many of these people, they suppress the truth in unrighteousness. And so John is saying here, let them go ahead and continue to be vile. Let them be filthy. Let them continue in that. But those of us who are righteous, continue in that. Run the race and endure. And as the Bible has said throughout the book of Revelation, you know, he who endures to the end will be saved and that this will require patient endurance of the saints. And so let us patiently endure until the end. He says, behold, I am coming quickly and my reward is with me. There is a reward with him to render to every man according to what he has done. I am the alpha and the omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. See, we are not saved by our righteous deeds. Jesus Christ's work alone is enough to get us into heaven. But yet, Jesus said, by your fruit, you will know them. And Jesus said he's going to reward those who have given him a cup of water to drink or clothed him. And his disciples said, well, how will we do that? How will we know that we, how will we clothe you? How will we give you a cup of water to drink? How will we visit you in prison? When were, when were you sick that we came and visited you? And Jesus will say, when you did unto the least of these, you did it to me. When you gave a cup of cold water to someone who was thirsty, when you fed them a meal, when you did something to the least of these, when you visited someone in prison, when you cared for the widows and the elderly, you did it unto me. And Jesus is saying, you will be rewarded for the work that you have done. Verse 14, blessed are those who wash their robes so that they have the right to eat of the tree of life and may enter into the gates of the city. 
So who are those who have washed their robes? It's those of us who have been made clean through the blood of Jesus. We have been made clean only by his righteousness. And so we are blessed because we have washed our robes in the blood of the lamb, the only sacrifice. Jesus is the lamb. He's the only sacrifice that is worthy. Outside are the dogs and the sorcerers and the immoral persons, the murderers and idolaters and everyone who loves and practices lying. So we see here some of the detestable things that God hates and that people that continue in those things will not enter into the kingdom of God. Does that mean if you've lied in your life, you can't enter the kingdom of God? Well, on your own, no, you couldn't enter. But if you come to Jesus and you are born again, you become of his blood, you are of his seed, then yes, you may enter in. But just in the same fashion that you are of his seed, you will continue to walk in increasing holiness because he will be made manifest in you. You can no longer continue in habitual sin and be in Christ because Christ does not continue in habitual sin. He does not. So when we are in Christ, he sets us free from the power of sin and death and slavery to sin. Those things that we could not quit before, we have the ability to quit now because a power greater than our own lives inside of us. Verse 16. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you about these things for the churches. So who is this message for? I've heard many pre-tribulation people that believe in a pre-tribulation rapture, in other words, that a rapture that is going to happen before the tribulation happens. And they say that this book wasn't written for the churches, but that it's written for the Jews. But we see that the first chapters of this book of Revelation, as well as the end of Revelation, confirm who this book is indeed written for, that it is written to the churches. And so if you are part of the body of Christ I suggest that you study this book because it was given for you. And the Lord, his words are not to be wasted. His words are not to be ignored, but his words are to be studied and heeded instead of and superseding the words and opinions and ideas of man. He says again in verse 16, I, Jesus, or Yeshua, that's his name, have sent my, have sent my angel or my messenger to testify to you these things, for the churches. I am the root and the descendant of David, the bright and morning star. The spirit and the bride say, come. So the spirit, the Holy Spirit, and us, the bride, say, come. And let the one who hears say, come. And this reminds me of the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples when they asked him, Lord, how shall we pray? Part of the prayer was, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven and how our hearts long for his will to be done here on earth as it is in heaven for justice to reign for mercy to reign for wickedness to be utterly defeated may wickedness come to its bitter end in the name of jesus may every bit of suffering that happens to a child come to an end in the name of jesus you know sometimes here in the united states sometimes Life seems so comfortable, so easy, so nice that we don't long deep in our hearts for the return of Christ. But I can tell you that for every person that is suffering, if you, when you've gone through a period of suffering in your life, you know exactly what I mean when I say our hearts long for the return of the Lord. We long for him to set things right 
And so the spirit and the bride say, come, come, Lord Jesus, come, come and get rid of this vile wickedness, get rid of suffering and pain and death and hurt and shame, get rid of all of those things and bring healing as only you can bring to the nations. And let the one who is thirsty come, let the one who wishes take the water of life without cost. I testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. If anyone adds to them, God will add to him the plagues which are written in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of, the prof- of this prophecy, God will take away his part from the tree of life and from the holy city which are written in this book. You see, the Bible talks about at least two or three unpardonable sins. One of them Jesus mentions, and that's blaspheming the Holy Spirit. And he brought that up when the Pharisees claimed that he was doing work not by God's power through the Holy Spirit, but by the power of Satan. And Jesus said, if you say something against the Son of Man, it will be forgiven you. But against the Holy Spirit, it will never be forgiven you. And so that is one of the unpardonable sins. Another unpardonable sin we read about in the book of Revelation is taking the mark of the beast. No one who takes the mark of the beast will be saved. There is no chance, there is no redemption once someone takes the mark of the beast. And it's so serious that Jesus sends an angel, uh, we are told in the book of Revelation, to send a proclamation throughout the whole entire earth to warn all of the citizens of planet earth not to take the mark of the beast and, and the punishment that will happen if they do, because it is that serious. So no one will take the mark unwittingly. They will know what they are doing. And this here is a third unpardonable sin for anyone that changes the words in the book of Revelation. That's how important this book is for the churches. This is how important, this is how important this message is. What other book of the Bible is there this blessing and this curse laid down that if you change the words in that book, you will receive the plagues that are mentioned in this book and you will lose inheritance in the kingdom of God. No other book in the Bible claims that. No other book in the Bible asserts that. So this book is essential for us to study. And again, I say, if you have not watched our whole entire series, start from the beginning of the playlist and watch all the way through one video at a time. You will not regret it. This is a book that you cannot study enough, especially as we start to see end times prophecy being fulfilled. And it is in our lifetime. And we're going to be talking about that more in future videos as well. Verse 20, he who testifies to these things says, yes, I am coming quickly. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with all. Amen. Well, I hope you have enjoyed the study on the book of Revelation as much as I have. I'll tell you every single time I open the book of Revelation, the Lord explains more to me. And remember, the book is called the revelation. The Lord is revealing himself and he's revealing things about the future to us. And it will become more and more clear as we draw closer to the end times. For the Bible says, as now we see in a glass dimly, right? These prophecies we see dimly, but then as it becomes closer and closer to the time, more and more of these things will begin to make sense to us. 
So I want to thank you again so much for joining us in our study of what your pastor never told you about the book of Revelation. And if you have enjoyed this series, please share these videos with your friends because people have not studied the book of Revelation as much as they should. And in these end times, we are in desperate need of knowing what's about to happen so that we can stand firm until the return of Christ. So I look forward to seeing you guys in the next video. Now, I want to let you guys know that after this video, we're going to have a couple more videos for you. So make sure to click on those if you have not seen those yet. And if you have not yet, make sure to subscribe because we're going to be talking in our next series about whether or not we as Christians are required to follow the Mosaic Law. And that's sure to be a very interesting study, an eye-opening study, as well as a controversial one. So I look forward to joining with you in that study in our next video. Have a blessed day. Thank you for listening to the Wisdom Calls podcast. For more exclusive content, visit whatyourpastorneverToldyou.com. Sign up for emails and get updates. Also, there you'll find our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube channels. Thanks for listening and join us next time.